Greg Cron on with me. How you doing? I'm doing good. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm 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 holding in. I'm holding in there right now. I think it's a it's, it's definitely an interesting time, but uh, I think I'm doing all right. It's but it's a uh, it's been fun. Um, but I met you, and the reason I'm excited to have you on right now is because we've known each other. Uh, we played college against each other. Um, yeah. When you played for MSW back in the day, and we didn't really form a, a relationship probably until what like five years ago, I would say. Yeah, and after, obviously after we were done playing. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, I knew of you and stuff, yeah. but I didn't really know you. Yeah. So I knew you, some of your teammates because I've played with them before, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like five years ago, we kind of got to know each other through, uh, you know, coaching and, and the circles and things like that. And um, I've always had a fun time coaching against you. I've learned a lot from you. I've learned a lot coaching against you. And. Um, we've we've also shared some awesome experiences with the show and things like that, which is a fantastic tournament that we both uh, attend and stuff like that. But give me a little bit of your playing background as a player. So um, growing up, I think we got on skates around two years old, real young. Yeah. Um, my cousin played, so we went to a game and saw him play, and and uh, that's kind of how I said, yeah, well, I want to play too. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, so I played at, at Shaw Youth Hockey for till I think second year Peewees and then um, the AAA program that's now the Junior Admirals at the time it was the Pettit Selects. Um, that got formed and we went over there, played there for a few years. When we got to Bantams, everybody kind of, you know, a bunch of us, a bunch went to high school, a bunch kids went to prep school. Um, and then a chunk of us that were left went went over to the Caps okay. and uh, played there for a couple years, came back my senior year for one more year in Milwaukee because we were finally able to hold a team. And then uh, and then from there it was to MSOE and, and, and I'd been recruited by you know, several Division one schools, um, some higher D Division three schools and they kind of all said the same thing. You need to go play a year or two of juniors and then we'll take you. And my parents kind of said, no, you can either make a college roster or you're done. And um, uh, MSOE said, yeah, we'll take you right away. So it was my hometown. So it all made sense. That's, it's funny. that's where I ended up. And it's funny because that's it's it's different now. Like now to go make an MSOE roster, if you're not playing two years of juniors, that ain't happening. Like it's no, yeah. no. And even even at the time, I was I think I was the only one on the team that was 18. Everybody mm -hmm. had at least a year to a juniors. I mean, there were a couple guys on the team that were 24, 25, 26 years old. I mean, and that's a big difference with an 18 year old kid. I mean, even yeah. going from 18 to 20. You know, that's you're you're a boy versus a man at twenty. Yeah, I you know. I I had a similar situation with me at college where I remember being a uh, I think it was a, a senior because I was a young uh, eighty three and I remember being a senior and there was freshmen coming in that were were like the same age or older than me and I was right. like man this is nuts like like you know yeah. like and that's the other thing too the tough part for me was like how do you try to be like you know a, you show like senior leadership when these guys are like. You're, you're like the same age as me, man. I'm like, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, um, but that's that that just shows you one of the differences between today's game and and you adapted to that game perfectly, and, and you had a great career over there. And that's what at MSWE. That's how you also found coaching, right? That's how you got into it. Yeah, yeah. I um, it's interesting, but right away, uh, 
um, you know, a college kid, you're looking for money, whatever. And, and uh, uh, the Pettit Center, which was jump on the freeway and 10 minutes up the road, um, they were doing learn to skate lessons with um, some kids. And, and it was a perfect opportunity for me to make some side money. And mm-hmm. usually, you know, I'd get there by 7.30 in the morning and then leave by 11 or something. And if we played that night, um, whatever, you're just on the ice a little bit sooner. Um, but that's I, that's really how I started. And mm-hmm. I continued that through college. When I graduated from college, then I uh, started coaching high school. I coached one year at Brookfield. Um, and then I think the following year, a good friend of mine took the job at Kettle Moraine, McGuanago, mm-hmm. which is now the Kamamoko op. Um, so I coached there for eight years, I believe, eight or nine years. And then, uh, and then my eldest Blaine got um, starting to get heavily involved in AAA. And I just said, okay, now I got to kind of put focus into, you know, my kids. So, I mean, I've been coaching, coaching and working ever since college. Now, let me, what we do. Let me ask you this question because it's something that always, it, it, for me, I scratch my head and I give you a lot of props for it. But you have five kids at home. Yep. You're the head, you were the head coach of two Admirals teams last year. How yep. would you do it? Like, I, how do you juggle everything? Well, um, you know, it's, I don't know. You just work. <laughs> it's just work. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoy hockey. I really enjoy being around the kids. Um, you get a lot out of watching these kids grow and develop. And, yep. and everybody develops at their own rate. Mm-hmm. Um and it's crazy the transition you see from kids that go from mites to squirts to peewees to bantams and you know the kids that were really good at mites start leveling off and then kids that were you had no idea could play you know become really good hockey players you know come bantams midgets you know and 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 further than that but uh it's it's an interesting game because you just never know who's going to be good you know, what down the road. What are some of the things that you think contribute to that? Like, what what is it? What are some of the character traits or physical tools that you think cause players to go through that route of you know maybe they were just you know a good might player, but then they become an awesome bantam player? What are some of those traits that you've seen that maybe help kids transition to that? Well, I think I think the biggest thing as the kids get older is the weight room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got to hit the weights. You got to be yeah. strong. Got to be strong on your feet. You know, obviously the most important thing is you got to not escape, yep. right? If you're not strong on your feet and you're getting knocked off your feet all the time, yep. you're going to struggle. Um, but just, just, just the, the off ice is so important. Um, mm-hmm. Off ice, just strength training, um, all that kind of stuff will, you know, lead to your success later on in hockey. Yep. And that's something that uh, I was going to talk to you about because it's one of the things that I learned from you because you you were telling me a few of the things that you guys do for your pre-practice. Like before you guys, you know, you guys might have an hour of practice, but you have your team get to the rink considerably earlier and you guys work on a lot of things. Can you kind of go into detail what are some of the things you do before your practices? Yeah, we we have all sorts of different things we do. Um, typically, you know, we practice, our boys will practice Monday Monday, Wednesday. Yep. And we, the really interesting thing about this past year was we had 
six or seven sets of siblings on between both teams. Okay. And what was kind of cool was, you know, all the kids would just get dropped off at the rink at five 30 and then mm -hmm. picked up at eight. So we, we kept them busy. They did off ice. Um, the younger ones typically just did off ice once a week, okay. but which was usually on Mondays, but then a chunk of those kids, as soon as we got done with practice, they take all their stuff off, throw their skates on and they're skating around the oval for the yeah. next hour and a half or whatever, for when the older ones were practicing. Um, you know, so, and then we mix in a little bit of, you know, stick handling, um, you know, we do video review. I don't do it. I, I learned going through this that, you know, trying to do video review with squirts is a complete waste of time. It's, it's good for about a minute. Right. And even the peewees struggle with it, yep. you know, they, they, you get them for about 10 minutes and then, you know, that's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just, I know like our office is run by um, Scorer's Edge and those guys work on a lot of like movement and uh, just different ways to move and stretch and just to try to make you a better athlete. Yep. Um, you know, and then they do, you know, some strength training here and there. And then the 07 group is really lucky because, um, you know, we have Robin Schumacher on board who, who she, she owns her own gym. And yep. You know, when it worked with her schedule, we'd bring her in and she would do some stuff with the kids um, if we had an opening that day. Yeah. And uh, so, um, you know, fortunate for us, she has all the tools. She's got all the cool gadgets. The kids did boxing and, you know, all sorts of different fun stuff that they just wouldn't normally do. Yeah, we had a like we uh, I, I, I we I, I heard that she was running a lot of your stuff and I. I know we use her up in Fond du Lac and she does a lot of amazing things. It's one of the great things that I think that, you know, you, you kind of opened my eyes up to is that when you have an hour of practice, it's not just the hour. It, that's not just an hour of practice. You can be doing things beforehand that help your, you know, it's now you go from an hour of practice. Now you have a two hour practice, right? With the off ice right. beforehand and things like that. And then you add in the video sessions. Now that, you know, that drive to the rink, that might be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a longer drive. All of a sudden now is, you're not just there for an hour. You're there for two and a half hours of work. And right. two and a half hours of you improving your skills, that's two and a half hours of, of you becoming a better hockey player, which which I think goes to your point of, 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 of kids transforming their games of becoming a good mite to an awesome bantam, right? And I think a lot of that, like you said, it, it starts with the weight room. It starts with the character of the kid to want to be better. And then it also starts with, you know, the, like you, you see it on your team and things like that, the, the kids who are constantly chasing kids are not complacent with, you know, how they are. Right. As skills. So, right. And that, you yeah. see a lot of, you see a lot of kids that are, you know, maybe average or below average um, yeah. at, at might. And then all of a sudden, you know, second year Wee, first year Bantam, second year Bantam, it's like, holy cow, completely different player. Yep. And, you, you, you've seen that going through the NHL, right? Like how many first round draft picks don't, don't make it and how many kids, you know, you take a guy like Ryan Kessler, he, he got cut from his Bantam team. Come on. Really? That guy, you know, it's, it, that, that stuff is what's kind of crazy. You know, you just, you look at the success stories and it's the guys that truly love the game and the guys that um, work the hardest are the guys that kind of make it. 
Yeah, and I, I've said it before on a few of the other past interviews. Like one of the traits that I've always seen with players who end up, you know, like you know, quote unquote, making it is the fact that they love to like get better and they love to work out on their own. They love to do things without mom or dad chirping in their ear, right? Right. And that's the other thing too that I've noticed with a lot of with a lot of kids that have made it is that the parents let their kids fail, right? Like it's 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 an important thing, you know, the the to not be on your kid, did you shoot your hundred pucks today? Like if the kid's gonna make it, he's gonna go out there and wanna shoot a hundred pucks. Right, you shouldn't have to be constantly reminding them, you know, they yeah, put some of that upon themselves. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing too, I always, I've talked to parents about, and I say, you know, if you wanna make the jump and, and do these, you know, go to these super elite tournaments or do these crazy things with these great teams, you first gotta ask yourself, is, is, is your kid ready? And, and one of the ways I always ask parents, is your kid ready? I always say like, do you have to constantly remind them to do things? Like, right. And then the the other thing too is like, do you have to constantly remind them to do their schoolwork? Like, because you can be the greatest hockey player. You know this. You've seen kids like this. They're they're amazing hockey players, and they get to a senior in high school, and you know what happens? Like, no school wants them. They can't get into a school. Their grades aren't there. Right. Well, and that's that's something that we stress really hard too. Meaning the admirals. Mm -hmm. You know, your grades are that's priority. Um, Because if they're not. You're, you're, you will not move on to that next level because it's, you know, and the, the stats show it. Like if, if you're not above a 3-0, like the chances of you moving on is is slim to none. I mean, yep. it's it's tough. And then as you move up the rung, you know, if, if you've got a 3-5 or better, okay, well, it opens the doors for other opportunities. Maybe you can go play at a, a, a higher end school that, mm-hmm. you know, requires tougher academics. Um, so I, I push that in my kids and in, and our teammates and and these uh, and I think that um, the the 07 and the 09 groups that I had this year we had a lot of really intelligent kids mm-hmm. um, and and they they kept their grades up. Yep. Um, and it's it, that's a challenge too because you know with AAA hockey it's it's no secret you miss some school. Yep. Um, and and you know we've gotten to the point with. I know with my boys that you know we get the letter in the mail that well you're you've reached X amount of days and it's like guys you, know, you don't keep your grades up we're not doing this stuff okay yep. so your grades need to be priority yeah I find that coaches and the coaches who take a proactive approach with keeping on their own players to have their grades usually they, they find that those kids on their team, like, you know, it's not that we're overreaching our boundaries. We're just making sure that we're preparing our kids to reach their goals. And most of these kids who have their goals, their goals are to play college hockey or the NHL. And as coaches, we have to make sure that, like, A, their talents are there, but B, we also have to make sure that if they like, get that opportunity to play, grades aren't holding them back, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 really important. And yeah. I think, I think, I think most people know that. Yeah. Um, I would hope with today's technology, but yep. you know, you never know. Yep. And then as we get, as we talk about your coaching two teams on the ads, uh, 09s and 07s, you know, what are some of the qualities that you've seen in players at the younger ages that make them a good teammate? I, I, I think, uh, you know, I'll take the, take the backup goalie, um, we, not that we have backup goalies, but you know our goalies you know, rotate, right? And that goalie that's not in the game is just as involved in the game as the guy who's playing. Yep. Um, you know, we score a goal, he's cheering, he's banging on the boards. You know, he's 
just doing the little things, you know, picking his teammates up if they had a bad shift. And, um, you know, what I try to do is, you know, as the kids get a little older, of course, um, that goalie, we make them run the door. And yep. sometimes you got to remind them, hey, you know, guys are changing. You need to open up the door. Because they, they, you know, like anybody, they just get complacent and they start watching the game and they start puck watching and they don't watch what else is going on around them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just just being good teammate, being selfless, being happy for your teammates when yeah. they score, being happy when you make a great play or a great save, um, sticking up for your teammates. Yep. You know, if there's a scuffle in front of the net. You know, I like the kid that's going to go in there and stick his nose into things. You know, he's not yep. afraid of anything. Yeah. Um, that is, that's, I think that's an important point that, you know, that needs to be talked about is, is the, the way you are, A, sticking up for your teammates, and B, being happy for your teammates. And that's something where I think, uh, you know, as we get caught in the – sometimes kids that get caught up in the goals and assists, and then, you know, they're always – you know, they're so obsessive about just the stats part of the game that mm -hmm. they're missing the bigger part of the game, like the blocking shots, the winning face-offs. And then, as you know, if you've seen kids, especially on your, you know, U14, 16, and 18 teams, you've seen that bench go nuts when there's a shot block, right? There's a, you know, face-off yeah. one, a big check and things like that. And, and there's a there's a there's a certain player that these coaches look for. Like if you're known as that player that you know only cares about certain things, and you might not be a good teammate. Like you're gonna have a harder time making it past just the you know once you get to those tougher years of U14 and things like that. So, well, yeah, and that just goes with you know trying to trying to teach all of the kids. Mm -hmm. You got to learn to play in all three zones. You yep. got to be you know the cliche 200 foot player because that's what they're looking for at the older levels. You know, if you truly want to move on, you know, if you don't, then fine. You know, it, it is what it is. But this is what what scouts and coaches are looking for in, in players, guys that can play in all three zones. Absolutely. And then as as I know, I've seen some of your practice, too, you spend a lot of time on skill development. You spend um, I know you're a big believer, like when I was watching your practices when we were you're having when Blaine was younger, you probably spent 15 minutes working on skating. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. especially the younger years. It's yeah. it's you got to skate, 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 and I mean that's the, the, you're developing, you know, their leg, their muscles. Mm -hmm. You're developing everything, you know, their edges. Um, it, it's the most critical part of the game. Yeah. Um, and um, I really think that you know it's important. Um, not that you start off every practice skating them, but. Yeah. You know, we do other stuff too, but it, that part of it is, you know, I, I'm, I'm a skating coach. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I like to do. So, and that's what brings me to my question though, too, is when you were a kid, did you spend this much time and emphasis on skating or is that something that that's changed from when you played to where you now where you've started coaching? Um, well, fortunate for me, um, I, I had really good coaches growing up. Um, mm -hmm. At the younger years, I was coached by um, guys that got done playing for the Admirals um, who had kids in the program. So I had guys that played for the Admirals coaching me up until Pee Wees. Then Pee Wees, I had a guy from Boston that was a hockey guru that just a hockey nut, right? And he, he was a, an amazing coach and 
Um, but we also have this, um, and I don't know if she's still doing this. She might be this woman, Barb, and she's uh, she lives in the south side of Milwaukee, and she would run um, skating lessons during open skate. So she'd cone off the 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 part of the ice, very little section, and then just ran you through edge work. Um, so I think that you know, I my skating, you, you know, a lot of it's owed to her. Okay, and what did she do to make power skating and what did in some of the coaches that you've had that have made an impact on you what did they do to make skating fun um you know they're, they, they, i can't say it was all fun um <laughs> to, be, to be honest with you um but uh there was a lot of competition stuff we did yeah. a lot of you know anytime you're going to compete against somebody uh you, you can make it fun so yeah. There's there's always ways to make things fun, um, regardless if you know skating isn't necessarily the most fun thing. You know, I think throwing in the competition piece will make it fun. One of the things I've I've always realized when I try to teach skating and power skating is that if the coach is out there trying to do the drills with the kids, the kids are gonna have fun doing it. You know what I mean? Because we're like I'm not gonna tell you at my age I'm not the most fleet of foot anymore. Like I'm not right. I'm not the I'm, I can't get as low as I used to get. My knees don't bend that way anymore. Like, you know, my ankles sometimes give out. But I find when I'm trying to demo the drills, um, you know, the kids really seem to get excited when, when you know, I'm doing it. And then I mm -hmm. always have a good instructor out there with me who can make sure to do it, to show the demo right. But as long as they see the coaches and, like, see myself trying it, I think they get a kick out of it because then they realize that, like, Hey, I don't have to be perfect. I can work on this skill and I can have some fun. Look at Coach Blick over there. He's he just fell over for the third time today. Right. You know, like that's no, yeah. And that's one of the ways I always try to make it fun for the kids is I just try to make I just try to be involved, you know. And I think I think they end up getting a kick out of that. Like, oh look at that, he just fell over like again. And then in addition to that, yeah. I get someone out there that can actually do the drill. <laughs> like and then right. I also think that kids get a kick out of it when they can do better than us. You know, like that's it's one of those tough pills to swallow when you get to like that, you know, 07 level for this year. Like I'm sure, I'm sure 75 percent of those kills, kids can master those skills quicker than we could because they're more flexible. They're, you know what I mean? They're able to. So. Oh yeah, it's no, a, it's crazy. We we do this uh, we do this game, and I actually got this from Lenny Childs when yeah. Blaine was playing for Lenny. He does this. It's a three puck game, and if if. If we could start with this every practice, I think this is what the kids would prefer. Mm -hmm. So you, you split the kids in half, you know, half the kids in blue, half the kids in white, and then goalies are in the nets, and it's three pucks. And, you know, it's basically a game with three pucks and everybody's on the ice, and it's a lot of chaos. You got to be your head up. They've seen a lot of collisions um, just because kids, you know, skating with their head down. Um, but the kids really love that game. Yeah. And, you know the coaches would get involved in it and all of a sudden i'm like man i'm i'm moving these kids are they're, they're moving you know it's just like holy smokes but i i, I think nowadays these, the, the pace and everything is just so much faster than it used to be this technology alone mm -hmm. um the, the shots are harder everything's everything's better than it used to be yeah I think what, these kids are way more skilled than we ever were isn't it isn't it awesome to see the jump? So when you play these games, and I'm I, I do the same thing. I love I love starting up practice with some sort of competition drill where I'm involved as the coach. And 
isn't it funny over the years, like, you know, when there's squirts or mites when you play against them, like, you have to, like, take it easy on them. But then all of a sudden there, there becomes this day or practice where all of a sudden you realize as a coach you're dripping sweat, like, you're really yeah. breathing hard. And yeah. like, you know, you barely squeaked it out. And you're like, whoa, like, maybe, yeah. maybe I don't play next time. Maybe I just, you know, keep my confidence and, you know, don't give them that satisfaction of beating coach. And then all of a sudden there's a day and it happens and you're like, you know, oh, boy, and you're like, you know, it was, it was, like you, you try to justify it yourself as being a fluke. Like, don't worry, we'll get them next time. And then the next day they come out and beat you again. And you're like, oh, no, like it's happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> that happens. And, you know, they're, they're getting a little older and they're getting a little stronger. And I got kids that will try to check me. And yes. they, you know, at that the point, you're, you're not moving me yet. But yeah. maybe a year or two, <laughs> you, know, you, better, you better watch it. Yeah, I know. And that's, I think that's a great thing is because that, you know, the enthusiasm that you set right there for that practice where they're, I mean, how many times can you tell me a kid has been late to your practice and they know they're starting out a game versus you and the coaches, right? Like, like, like yeah, we don't, I don't, we don't really have too much yeah. problem with kids being late. We, we're pretty fortunate that way. And we, we stress the kids like, guys, you, you, you're on time for practice. On time doesn't mean you're walking in at five o'clock. You're you're yeah. there at four fifty-five, strapped up, ready to go. Yeah. Um. So you know, there, but there's you know there's circumstances and yep. you know snowstorms and all the other crazy stuff we deal with throughout yeah. the winter that yeah sometimes they're like. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like when you're running these practices though it's not just maybe the kids are late but. It's, you know the enthusiasm is going to be there when you're done with that drill, right? Oh, you, for sure. They're di they're dialed in. They're they're having fun and like yeah. It, as long as these kids are having fun and they're working hard, I think I think you're yep. doing a good thing. Yeah. So then, kind of off the working, you know, having fun and things like like that. And as over the years, I know you've seen, um, you know, as a coach, how do you deal with with poor sportsmanship either on your bench or or if you see poor sportsmanship on from another team? What is one thing you try to stress to your team or your players when you when you kind of encounter some of that, some situations of poor sportsmanship? Um, we've had some kids do some things throughout yeah. the years, and I mean, it's all. You know, they look back and they're like, yeah, I shouldn't have done yeah. that. Um, you know, I've caught things on the bench or stuff was said to referees, and I'll pull the ref aside and say, throw this kid in the box. Mm -hmm. um, or I've, I've voluntarily thrown kids out of the, 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 the rink because, you know, there was a cheap shot. Yep. Um, you know, and it's just something we don't tolerate. You know, yep. you've got you've to respect the, the, the game and, yep. and – your teammates, the officials, you got to respect everybody. And, and when you do something um, maybe out of sorts, you're going to be held accountable. Um, but I mean, it's very, very, you know, one or two cases a year. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's good that you do it as a coach because you're holding your team accountable. You know what I mean? Like, like usually when sport, poor sportsmanship, poor sportsmanship, it spirals is when the coach doesn't hold the team accountable or he, he's focused on that game winning it. And he's just like, well, I'm not going to like, like you said, you'll tell the ref, throw him in the box. Like, like, well, and that's, that's yeah. how you get on. That's yeah. how you get on the good sides of the refs is like, yeah. look, this guy, you know, I'm going to make a call. Okay. If I blow it, mm -hmm. you know, okay, whatever. But you know, then if you're going to miss a call and he's like, Hey, you, you should do this. You know, it, you just, you gain respect from the referees and by doing stuff like that. And then for you as a coach, what are some of the most rewarding parts of being a coach? And and aside from the stress of having to coach two teams and be in three places at once and stuff like that, what are 
for you, why do you do it? Like what, what's, what's your motivation to keep coaching these teams and these kids? I just, I have so much fun with the kids. Um, I think the, everybody, well, I don't know if everybody knows this, but the hockey locker room is a special place yeah. and there's a lot that goes on in there and uh, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I, I miss that, you know, growing up, um, being in the locker room with your teammates and, and your, your buddies. And what, what's cool about the sport is a lot of times your hockey buddies are who, who you hang out with, yep. um, you know, and, and I still have buddies that I still talk to from that played with years ago mm-hmm. and you make these connections and um, lifelong friends and teammates and, it's it's a it's an amazing sport for that, and I don't think that happens in many other sports. No, you, you look back on like if you you know give me a list of your ten best friends you had right now, how many of them you played hockey with? Like right, or majority of them. Yeah, or your kids played hockey together, or some sort of connection yep. that the game brought you together. Um, you know, I think I think that's the only friends I have actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's. I mean, my kids—they—they—they they, they want to hang out with their hockey buddies. They yep. really don't—they really don't hang out with anybody at school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, our kids are involved in school, but it's yep. not—you know—they just would prefer to be with their hockey buddies. And then, you know, what's cool is, you know, my older one—you know, his best friend goes to school with them, and they—they live—they live ten minutes apart, and and you know, it's 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 an amazing thing that. You know, you get to go to school with the, one of your best friends. You get to play hockey with them. Your dads are buddies. You know, it's 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 an amazing thing for connecting with people. You know, it's and it's it's it, you brought it up. Like you don't know if any other sport has it. But the other thing too is not a lot of people understand it, right? Like they don't understand like the hockey locker room. Like and that's one of the things I think that makes our sport so unique is that the hockey locker room is it's it's a, it's a, it's an awesome place. And I've, I've said it before in one of these interviews that sometimes I. Now that we're not playing, you know, and someone said on a podcast too, is that you wish you could just get dressed, hang out with the boys. You don't need to necessarily need to skate, and then just get undressed and go home. Like, yeah, like I don't need to rent an hour of ice. I just need, I need to rent about an hour and a half in the locker room. That's it. Like, just no. <laughs> like no, you know, I, but you, I sure you wish you could go back to being twelve years old and being in the locker room and not having a care in the worry, a care in the world, and yeah. not a worry and. Just your only concern is playing hockey and your schoolwork. I mean, you know, at the time you think like I remember as a kid being stressed out, like you have so much to do. But in hindsight, you know, you know, twenty five years later, you look back on it and be like, man, that was and like. And you try to express that to your kids, like you don't know how lucky you got it right now, right? You try to tell them like, yeah. man, this is the best time of your lives, and you know, some don't really understand that. They think, oh, I got so much schoolwork, or I got, I got to perform this, I got to do this. But really, it's just like this is all like fun like it's just it's such an amazing times in their life that you you know you like as a parent we wish we could go back to that right right yeah no it's i tell my kids all the time you you don't have to worry about paying your taxes and your mortgage and your medical bills and like you don't have to worry about any of that stuff yeah right you just go to school do your thing and go play hockey it's uh, tell a kid when you break a stick when you break a stick you're excited you get a new one i'm sitting there going how am i gonna pay 200 bucks Right, right. <laughs> oh, I think Blaine went through seven sticks this year. I wasn't happy. <laughs> it was uh, it was a rough year for sticks. Yeah, it's one of those things. As you break your stick, I'm like, and you wonder why I'm in a little bit of a bad mood for four or five minutes. That's why. <laughs> like, right, right. Like, yeah, how am I going to explain this one, Mom? 
That's funny. It's yeah. whatever so, you get through it. Yeah. Uh, so give me a, one piece of advice you have for a youth hockey parent. That's uh, that's, you know, playing, you know, in the youth sports right now that you wish as a coach, you could tell them just to, you know, just really just enjoy it because it goes by quicker than you think. I mean, I, I remember the first day putting Blaine on the ice, right? He's, yep. he's 13, he's 13 years old now. And I, it feels like it was just yesterday, you know, yep. and same thing with Brody, like he all of a sudden, well, he's going to be in his second year of playing squirts and, you know, a couple more years, he's going to be in high school and it just, yep. it goes so fast and you really got to just sit back and enjoy it and let the kids, let the kids be. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. Cause you remember you bring up, you remember the first time Blaine got on the ice with you. And it's something that like, I had a buddy who recently said his daughter get on the ice and he came over afterwards and I was talking to him and he was like, I've never had my hamstrings hurt as much. And like, you forget about all in your, your lower backs hurting because you're bending over so much trying to carry them as they're like, you know, just aimlessly moving their legs on the ice and things like that. And it's such a unique experience at the time. You don't realize how awesome it is and how fun it is. And then next thing you know, you're traveling to, you know, Edmonton or Vancouver or wherever across the U.S. watching them play. And you forget about those times where it was just, you know, you, you two out at a public skate or whatever it was. And, and, you know, how much your back hurt and things like that. So that's great. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's an amazing, amazing sport. And there's nothing like it. Mm -hmm. Last question I have for you is um, if you could go back in time um, to a 12, 13 year old you and, and give your, give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Um, I think um, really focus on grades, right? Mm -hmm. if, if, you know, I, not that I got bad grades, but I got, I got decent grades, but I didn't really put a whole lot of effort into my grades. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of skated by. Um, okay where if, if, if you would have just put a little more effort into your grades, you're going to have so many other opportunities opened up for you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be it. Just yeah. focus on your grades. Someone brought something up to me recently when I was talking about this, and they asked me about this question. And, you know, we talk about grades a lot, and we talked about grades quite a bit here. And one of the things they said to me was, you see sometimes making – they make uh, kids will make hockey decisions at the end of their career, like from high school or junior to so what college they want to go to. And, and that's one of the things that I found interesting with this parent. They had said to me was you have to you see sometimes kids making choices for their college or whatever they're doing based on the hockey program, which is it's not a bad thing. But they're not making the decision based on academics. Right. Like that mm -hmm. or things they want to do or their passions are. They're just, you know, like. You know, you always say like I've I've heard some people say, well, I'm just a hockey player going to school, right? It's not I'm an I'm a I'm a kid going to school and playing hockey, right? It's um and it's something that I think it gets lost. What you said, you know, focus on your grades and things like that. Focus also on what's going to happen after hockey. You know, like when you're going to school or picking a college, make sure that college you're picking is the one that you want to go into. You're not just going to the school to you know play hockey, but you're going to school to learn and 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 have a career after that because. As, as the cliche is, you know, you're going pro in something other than hockey, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to have a backup plan. Yeah, hockey is not forever. You can't, you know, you can't play till you're 60 years old. You got to, you know, you got to have a backup plan and have something, have another passion because whatever that passion might be, well, that'll take you to your your next step after hockey's done. Yeah. And and a lot of guys, 
you know, you, you hear this on podcasts and stuff, like they struggle with that transition. You know, they get, mm-hmm. they get that in hockey and then they just, they're kind of lost. Um, so I think that's part of, you know, find another passion, that, find something that you really want to do, you know, after hockey's done. Yeah. And it's never bad for kids to have that passion too when, when they're young, like find something else other than hockey that they can take their focus on, uh, you know, while, while they're playing the game, because, you know, if you're constantly focused on hockey all the time, you're going to wear yourself out. And oh, think about sure. all kids that burn themselves out by the time they're 14, because hockey's been their only passion. They haven't had the, the opportunity to go and like take up something else. Maybe, in, you know, we always say play other sports, but it doesn't have to be sports. It can be a musical instrument. It can be, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, a, a job or or something just totally different that you can do that that becomes your passion that allows you that break to you know refresh your mind and your body and things like that too so no, that's fantastic I absolutely like that a lot um but that's all i have for you today i just want to say thanks for coming on uh, it's been a real pleasure um yeah, i appreciate I'm, it i'm excited i'm excited for everyone to you know see this and hear it again um but i just want to say thank you again for coming on um, and if anyone else, uh, we have Tom McDonald coming on Friday for views from the bench. He's another Shaw guy. Do you know him at all? Uh, kind of in passing. Um, not really. Um, yeah. Maybe older than me. but Yeah, he should be a great interview. He just won the USA Hockey Adult Member of the Year Award. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about Shaw hockey and stuff like that. So it should be a great interview. Greg, I just want to say thanks for coming on again. I really do appreciate it. And do you have any last thoughts or comments? No, no, just hopefully we can get back on the ice soon, man. I, this, this, we're in, I don't know. I don't know what the hockey world's going to look like here with this pandemic thing going on. It's, I hope it gets solved soon. You know, the landscape's so. going to change, but I'm pretty sure within due time, we'll get back to some norm, some normal, like some normal hockey and we'll, it'll work itself out. I'm, I'm, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So once again, thanks again for coming on. Really do appreciate it. And, uh, Everyone, good luck. Stay safe out there.